you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. If you have your Bible tonight and would like to turn with me, John chapter 1. Thank you for your prayers over the last few weeks. I guess the last three weeks, I have been struggling with my voice and I felt your prayers over the last few days. I feel stronger, able to preach twice and be in three services today and worship and sing and uh, still have a voice. So I thank God for that. And appreciate your prayers and believe God's going to continue to strengthen. There's a lot happening this week, several that are going to be having medical procedures this week. In the midst of all of the labor and work that's going on here, a lot of families are going to be busy in and out of hospitals this week. We're believing and knowing that God's going to make a way. Doctors are not the healer. God is the healer. Medicine is not the healer. God is the healer. So we're believing that God's going to heal. John chapter 1, verse number 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Aren't you glad for that tonight? And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. By the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach into your hearing Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Lord, we need you tonight. 
to speak into this assembly and to our hearts tonight. Lord, let the anointing of the Lord rest upon your servant as I preach. Let the anointing fall upon the hearers tonight to receive the word of God. And Lord, there is none like you in all the earth. Lord, you are a perfect in all of your ways, and we thank you for that. Speak to hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Verse 17 of the text that I read tonight says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. In the first chapter of the Gospel of John that we read tonight, the apostle pointed out the contrast between the law of Moses and what is provided for us through Jesus Christ. For the law was given by Moses, the 17th verse said, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, if I can give you the purpose for which I'm preaching this tonight, is I could have I could have used a lot of different titles tonight. My message this morning was a little that way. And tonight I could go a lot of different directions and preach a lot of different ways out of this text tonight. But I, I'm really trying tonight to point you in, uh, point some clarity to you of the importance of the balance of grace and truth. In my life living for God through my growing up years, I've met a lot of people. Some were very strong in truth, but they lacked in the area of grace. Some were very strong believers in grace, but they lacked in truth. Tonight I want to preach to you about the balance of grace and truth. Because Jesus Christ was the perfect balance of grace and truth. As a matter of fact, he not only brought grace and truth, he embodied grace and truth. When you speak of Jesus, you are speaking of the balance of grace and truth. The relationship between grace and truth. To understand the difference between grace and truth. It may be important for us to understand the difference between two types of instruction, two types of teachers, two types of instruction, the instruction of grace and the instruction of truth. In my opinion, there are two types of teachers. There are two types of instructors. There are the evaluators who simply point what went wrong. They're the ones that have a tendency to focus on what happened, what was wrong, what deed was done, how we did not measure up. And then there are the instructors that they not only point out what went wrong, but they also explain 
what needs to be done differently and provides an opportunity and the tools necessary so that those that are being instructed in what not to do would be able to make the right adjustments and begin to do what is right in order to reach a positive goal or a desired end. As the instructor, Jesus not only gives us the truth, but through grace, he also helps us align our lives so that we're able to live in that truth. Uh, he, He wants to bring us safely and securely to that desired goal of us reaching that that balance of grace and of truth. When Jesus was on earth, he had much to say about truth. Jesus taught so much about truth. He quoted from 24 of the 39 Old Testament books, reaffirming the principles of the law and the precepts that are laid out therein the law. Jesus did not come to to destroy the law or to abolish the law, but the scripture says that he came to fulfill the law. He gave 46 parables, incredible illustrations that teach what it means to serve the Lord. Many of those have connections to the law But in those parables, he shows us how that the law could not be fulfilled without the grace that is revealed in the man, Christ Jesus. He taught challenging concepts like love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to those that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you. Those are difficult to live up to by the letter of the law. It takes the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ for us to be able to live and to love in the way that Jesus tells us to do it. Yet as powerful as his words were, Jesus was far more than just a great instructor of truth. But Jesus embodied truth. One man looked at him and said, We know that thou art a great teacher sent from God. For no man can do these miracles except God be with him. And Jesus then opens his mouth and tells him, Nicodemus, you must be born again, but there's no way that you can be born again in the manner in which you are thinking. Nicodemus said unto him, How can I enter a second time into my mother's womb and be reborn? And he tells him, Nicodemus, you cannot be born again in the manner in which you're thinking. The law will give you precepts and direction and tell you what to do, but you'll never be able to do it. If you understood 
Nicodemus, what I'm preaching about, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Jesus tells the woman at the well, if you understood who I'm talking about and what I'm talking about, you would ask of me a drink and I would give you living water. Jesus is trying to compare. You can read all through the scripture and you can find the law, but the law holds Jesus concealed. But Jesus came to not be and remain concealed, but he came to be revealed. And when he is revealed, grace and mercy is released. And therefore the marriage of truth and grace becomes the possibility for salvation for mankind. You cannot be saved on grace alone. And you cannot be saved on truth alone. But you must have the balance of grace and truth. The Bible records 36 miracles that Jesus performed while he was on this earth. Jesus was compassionate and he was kind. He ministered to the diseased and those with infirmities. And he even ministered to the sorrowful and he raised the dead. However, Jesus brought mankind far more than a remedy for physical ailments. Through grace, he brought the remedy for sin. The law pointed out what was right and what was wrong, but it brought no answer to what was right and wrong other than the willpower of man to live to the letter of the law. But Jesus came and said, I'm not going to take away what was right and what was wrong, but I'm going to come and give you a remedy, and I'm going to give you a way that you can live what was right in the middle of a world that is filled with wrong, and that will be done through the grace of Jesus Christ. He he knew humanity needed a Savior, so he went to the cross, and he gave his life for you and I. Now let's consider the role of grace amongst the testimony of truth. In Romans, the fifth chapter, the 20 and 21st verses, moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. (laughs) I hope you got that. He said, I came and where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness. I want you to get that with me tonight. Through righteousness, Jesus declares, grace abounds not through the abolishment of righteousness, but grace abounds through righteousness. Righteousness is that is that of right living. It comes through truth. Grace abounds through the fulfillment of truth. Is there anybody with me tonight? Grace abounds through the fulfillment of 
truth, righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. While truth sets the standard by which we can receive eternal life, grace provides what we need to meet that standard. For none of you in this room can live up to the standard of law without the standard of grace. In Ephesians, the first chapter, in verse number 17, the scripture says, In whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. Forgiveness of sin does not come through the law. It comes by grace through his blood. What would we do without forgiveness of sin? Where would we be without forgiveness of sin? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Where would we be without the grace and mercy of the Lord? Where would we be without the redemptive work of Calvary? Where would we be no matter what we have done? or how terrible the misdeeds of our past. The favor of God extends forgiveness and redemption when we come to Him in repentance. Grace not only keeps us, but grace saves us. Grace not only saves us, but grace keeps us because we have to have grace in order to walk in truth. Because you cannot walk in truth without frustrating. The grace of God would be frustrated if we tried to declare it doesn't really matter what we do, how we live. The Apostle Paul said, do we continue to live in sin so that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. Therefore, we must allow the grace of God to work and to function in our lives. We would frustrate the grace of God if we continued in sin but we must come out of a life of sin and we must live a life of righteousness unto God. Doesn't mean you're going to always get it right, no. Doesn't mean you're always going to live perfect, no. But we live according to his righteousness that he has imparted unto us. And by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we stand before him, he sees us through a veil of the blood of Calvary. And that grace and mercy allows us the opportunity to be able to be saved only by the grace that is given to us through his blood. Therefore, being justified by faith, Romans chapter 5, verse number 1 says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. I want to read that again. We have access through faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access through faith into the grace wherein we stand. We have access through faith into the grace 
wherein we stand. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you there is an act of faith. I act on faith, believing that when I fall, I shall arise. I refuse to sit in darkness. I refuse to wallow in despair. I refuse to live in my failure of my past. But I have access through faith to get up again and say I'll go forward by the faith that is granted to me because I have access to Jesus Christ, access to his blood by the faith that is given to us. I have access to his grace. We stand steadfast by God's grace. We could never meet God's standard of truth without the grace that he offers. You would never be able to to live up to the standard. I've had people tell me before, Pastor, I, I would like to serve the Lord, but there's no way that I would ever be able to live up to the standard of God. I would never be able to live up to the standard of the church. I have a word for you tonight. I have a word for every person that struggles. I have a word for every person that's got a family member or a friend or a person you've witnessed to that's ever said, I would come to church, but I could never live up to the standard of the church. I could never live up to the standard of God. You need to look at them and you need to tell them, neither can I. I cannot do it on my own. I cannot do it by myself. I cannot do it. Don't you worry about that. What you need to do is just come on with your fault. Come on with your failure. Come on with your slip-ups. Come on with your despair. Come on with your discouragement. Come on as you are. Just come on and keep trying. And before long, you're going to understand that none of us would be able to do it. None of us can live up to the standard of God's uh, that God has laid out. None of us can except through the mercy and grace of God. He even declares in his word that our righteousness would be like filthy rags before him if it wasn't for the grace and mercy of the Lord. If you think you deserve it, I can tell you, you are way off base in scripture. But when you know, I can't do it without his grace. I can't do it without his mercy. You're about to get on course and understand we have access to his grace and it comes through faith you got to quit saying I can't and start saying I can you got to start saying by faith I'm going to live up to his standard I may make a mistake I may not always get it right but by faith I have access to his grace without grace Truth would leave us with nothing to guide us in how to live by his grace. See, grace without truth will end up in a shipwreck. Oh, Brother Jordan, I live under grace. I don't need any of the truth. I don't need any of God's law. 
I don't need any direction on how to live. I just believe in God. I just put my trust in Him. You're going to end up in a shipwreck if you don't have some truth balancing out that grace. You see, you will not be saved frustrating the grace of God. You have got to contend. You have got that word contend for the faith. It means that you've got to, you've got to make a conscientious effort that you're going to work and strive for it. The scripture said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly appear. I come tonight to tell you that you've got to have truth balancing out that grace. Truth is the road map and grace is the lines and the instruction that'll help you get through. It is truth that'll map out a course for your future. It is grace that'll help keep you between the lines and on course and moving on down the road. You will never be able to be saved with grace alone. But when we are in Christ, everybody say in Christ. When we are in Christ, we are living in the grace and the truth that I'm preaching about tonight. Because Jesus Christ, according to our text, embodied grace and truth. So when you are in Christ, you must not only be living in grace alone, and you are not living in truth alone, but you are living in the perfect balance that Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ offers. When you are in Christ, you are in grace, and you are in truth. I wish you understood what I was talking about tonight. Because when you are in grace and you are in truth through Jesus Christ, you see, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Man couldn't live up to the standard of the law without grace. But now that we have grace, truth becomes our roadmap to teach us how to live. Now we are not under the law of God without the grace of God. See, before Calvary in the Old Testament, they were under law without grace. They had a roadmap, they had an instruction, but they did not have the ability to be able to live up to it. They were in the world and they had a road map but they were not able you see they 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 couldn't drive they had they they had a they had roads they had a road map without any signs but grace becomes the signs grace becomes that that tells you i can Truth tells me when to go and when to stop and where to turn, and that's what truth does. But grace tells me, oh, you made a you made a mistake. You ran off the road. Get back up on the lines. Grace tells me that when I'm imperfect, that I can find a way to get back on track. You've got to have grace and mercy. The freedom of grace is clear because we understand truth. This is why we have such a difficult time. Some of us have a very difficult time understanding folks that claim that they're saved but we see no fruit in their life. 
They claim salvation, but they're claiming that salvation without any change. What is God saved? If there's no change in you, then what has been saved? It takes more than just believing in Him or believing on Him. You have got to get in Him. If any man be in Christ, ain't nobody going to help me preach tonight. If any man be in Christ, not if any man believe in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. But you've got to be in Christ. You can't be around Christ. You can't be on the fringe. You can't be on the outside. You've got to get in Christ. You've got to get in the middle of grace and truth. You've got to desire truth on the inward part and allow grace to surround your life. You can't just stand on the fringe of believing and look at him in a distance. But you've got to get in Christ. Get in the church. Get in the bride. Be part of what he's doing. When you're in Christ, you're no longer slaves to sin. You're now free from sin. And that freedom is only found in Jesus. Is there anybody here tonight that's ever lived under the weight of sin? And you know that you looked in every possible aspect of life to find an answer. You looked in alcohol. You look to drugs. You look to whatever would calm your fears and calm your nerves. You look for every answer, but you didn't find it anywhere. The only place you could find it was in Jesus Christ. That's because Jesus not only came to, to, to bring us grace and truth, but he is grace and truth. And when we are in him, we are set free. He came when the Son, therefore, has set you free. You are free indeed. When you get in Christ, you are a new creature. That means everything from your past is gone away and everything in your future will be different than the way that it would be if you were not in Christ. But when you're living as a servant of sin, John chapter 8, Jesus said, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And in verse 36, he says, and if the Son therefore shall make you free. So see, he says, if you, if you commit sin, you're a servant of sin. But verse 36, he says, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. So you are a servant of sin, but Christ has made us free. Now that's not an oxymoron. Don't be confused. There's more to this than just, I once was lost in sin, and now I'm on the highway to heaven. But the issue is, is the flesh. I want you to say that with me, the flesh. Wake up your neighbor and tell him, say the flesh. The flesh is a servant of sin. The flesh is. That's, that's you and I. The flesh is a servant of sin. 
But Christ came to give us a possibility. This servant of sin is trying to live up to the standard of the law without grace. The servant of sin means that we do whatever the flesh tells us to do. The flesh tells us to lust. The flesh tells us to lie. The flesh tells us to cheat and steal. And we say, that's not what I want to do. But the flesh is our director. The flesh begins to give orders. The flesh begins to tell us what to do. But the Bible said that after we come to know him and once we get in Christ, we now no longer take our direction from the flesh. But now we take direction from the Spirit. So now we no longer get our direction from the flesh, but the flesh is still a servant to sin. But Paul said, I keep under my body, meaning I keep the flesh under subjection. I'm still living in the flesh. I still eat and sleep. I still have aches and pains, and occasionally I still have desires that I ought to not have, but I keep it under. I keep the flesh under so that the Spirit can give direction. My direction doesn't come from the flesh. My direction comes from the truth. But there is a battle between the flesh and the truth. And the only way I can conquer it is if God gives me enough grace for me to be able to overcome it. And he said in his word, he would always in every temptation, I will make a way of escape for you. In whatever you go through, there's always enough grace for where sin abounds. Grace did much more. Uh, Oh, pastor, you don't know the struggle. It doesn't matter. Describe it to me. Tell me how horrible your struggle is where sin abound. Grace did much more about. I wonder if anybody in this house today is tired of living weighted down. I'm closing. If anybody in this house is tired of living weighted down, tied down to the things that God never intended for you to deal with in the flesh, he's come to this service tonight to offer you grace and truth. You've looked for answers everywhere. Friends have failed you. The pills are not helping. The therapy doesn't seem to be working. Worry has a death grip on your mind. Your body's racked in pain and you can't find relief. I want you to know tonight that God knows your sorrow. He's been moved by your affliction. For he said to Israel, I have come down to deliver them. The Lord has brought grace and truth. All you need to access the grace and the truth that I've preached about tonight is just a little faith. By faith, we have access to His grace. By faith. If I, in the next three or four minutes, could persuade this audience... To truly believe God without a shadow of a doubt, 
Not one person in this room would walk out without being saved. Not one person would walk out without your need being met. If I could persuade you of the importance of enacting grace and truth through your faith. I can preach about it, teach about it, talk to you about it, describe it to you, get excited about it. We can stand and worship. But until you activate the grace and truth of God by your faith, nothing can happen because your access to grace and truth comes by your faith. I want to speak to every mountain in your life. I want to help you and encourage you to have the faith tonight. I speak to every person in this room that's dealing with a mountain in your life. I speak to that mountain. Be removed. Every person that's dealing with struggle and hardship, fighting the battle, dealing with the devil himself, I want to speak to that issue tonight and say, devil, you're done. Because when we activate faith and make a decision to walk in grace and truth, you are surrounded by the most powerful force. Because I'm going to tell you, hell can bring attacks from every angle but can I tell you tonight that when you are surrounded by grace and truth there's two things you'll never find the devil ever touch and that's grace and truth he can't, he can't touch it he has no weapon against grace and truth and when you're living in grace and truth when you're walking, when you activate that access through your faith, you are living where, the, where Satan himself can never harm you. God has a plan for somebody tonight. He wants to set you free from the bondage of your mind. Your belief that you could never live up to the standard of the church, I defy that in the name of the Lord. None of us can. But by faith through grace, we have access to a power that will allow us to be able to live in the righteousness of God. Somebody has been living in spiritual poverty because you never thought you were enough. You get drawn away because you never thought you were good enough, never thought you were talented enough, had enough. Sometimes your life feels bankrupt. I come tonight to tell you that there is enough grace and truth been taught already today that could save the entire world if they would access it by faith. When the Son, therefore, has set you free, you are free. Grace and truth offers freedom from sin. Grace and truth offers freedom 
from addiction. Not just alcohol and drugs, but sexual addictions. Addictions to pornography. Food addictions. We could go on tonight. Grace and truth offers freedom from the curse of sin. Maybe you walked in tonight under the load, feeling like the weight of the world is upon you. You don't have to walk out of here tonight the way you walked in because you can come by faith tonight and you can find that grace and truth. I ask you to stand with me across the building. God wants to set somebody free. God wants to make a way for somebody. If there would be some in the room tonight that feels the tug of the Spirit of the Lord in your life, I open these altars and give you opportunity to step forward tonight and say, I'm coming tonight. I access the grace and truth of God by faith. Come on and get what you need from the Lord tonight. It's available. It's available to you. it by faith. Oh uh-huh. 
hand or lay a hand on their shoulder right now, Lord. We come agreeing together. Lord, I've spoken your word tonight. Lord, we're going to be encouragers one of another. We're going to strengthen one another. God, to walk in truth and grace. Lord, I pray over this assembly tonight. I pray over every home and family. I pray over every person that has a struggle in their life. Dealing with the baggage of their past. Dealing with the baggage of sin. I pray, God, that grace and truth abounds. Lord, that this week they're reminded again and again of the opportunity that they have to access that grace and truth by faith. We thank you for it. We honor you. We exalt you. Strengthen this church. Be with those this week that are.